In honor of Women's History Month, Lindsay O'Barr, VP Client Services and Culture, teams up with Julia Laudy, Senior Account Executive, to talk about women in the workplace. They get personal, they get real, and this is an episode you will not want to miss. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe so you can catch future episodes. Now, sit back and enjoy the conversation. Hey, Julia. Hi, Lindsay. I'm really excited to be talking with you today. I am too. You're one of my favorite people to talk to. And I feel the same way about you. And we get a really cool and huge and important topic to be talking about today. Yes, we do. Or do you want do. Do you want to share? <laughs> I mean, I can share. I think, um, you know, we were asked, we were paired up to talk about women. It's Women's History Month all throughout March. Um, we're seeing the celebrations kind of last throughout the month, all, you know, nationwide, you know, on our local level, which we'll share a little bit about that in a minute. And then even at Hodges, we've been celebrating women. And I just think, you know, it's and in our industry, and it's just really special. And I'm really honored to be asked to talk about this and to do that with you is especially cool. So I know, but I have to ask, like, what went through your mind when this topic was assigned to you? I was very excited because it's something I'm very passionate about, but I also started getting nervous about saying something that could be insulting or taken the wrong way. And then I started thinking that that is probably me being a woman and wanting to, or like societal norm of being a woman of like wanting to appease everybody, which is not always the best thing. It gets hard. It, it was a, it, it's a big topic and we, we want to get it right. And and I think, like you said, that's like our that's our nature to want to get it right and bring everyone in involved, like make sure we say the right thing and make everyone feel warm and fuzzy. That's just so quintessentially the 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 woman way. But for for me, I was like, what do we talk about? Like, where do we start? Yeah, I mean, even saying like Women's History Month, it's like holy moly, like there's just been so much. Um, and we could go in a thousand different directions, but we were assigned, you know, a max of 25 minutes. So we can't go in a thousand directions. We had to go in one. So you can share yes. the direction we chose to go in. We finally decided to narrow it down to women in the workplace. Um, we felt like that was something that everybody can resonate with, whether you are a woman in the workplace or if you work with a woman, which pretty much applies to almost everybody. So I think this is going to be a great topic for us to kind of break down today. I love that other dimension of working with women in the office. So um, yeah, really excited about that. Before we jump into that, you know, we were talking about seeing Women's History Month play out on a local level and a statewide level. And we have two really cool facts to share about Virginia and about Richmond. And one of them is that Richmond City, the city of Richmond announced they will now be closed for International Women's Day each year. So March 8th, moving forward, the city is officially closed. And it's one of very few cities in the country to not only recognize that, but to close for the day. So I thought that was so cool that that was right here in our in our city. Yeah, especially because I feel like Richmond, we aren't always seen as having the best or well, we don't have the best history. So it's amazing seeing like how far we've come and like progressing and thinking about how to change. Totally. And on that same note, 
on the day before Women's History Month, it was especially it was another especially cool day because Jennifer McClellan was sworn in as the first black woman to represent Virginia in Congress. So, you know, those two things back to back, you know, made me made me feel good about Virginia, about Richmond. We have a long way to go. Um, you know, we don't know. You know, it took a long time to get here, but I mean, to see these signs of progress and really appreciating the contributions of women is, um, it feels good. Absolutely. Okay. And, you know, before we jump in to the full topic of the podcast, when we think about listeners for this podcast, I can think of two women who will definitely listen to this podcast. <laughs> do you know what I'm thinking? Yes, I do. I believe I do. Our so I have to ask. Yes. Yes. I have to ask one, you got to tell me your mom's name because we have to, we have to address them as their names. And then what is one trait or something about her that you really hoped to carry on with you in your life and in your career? I love that. That's such a, that's a hard one. There's so many. Um, my mother's name is Mary Ann. Um, she's a wonderful woman and just such a ray of sunshine um, as a person. Um, I think if there's one trait about her that I like, wish that I could have and I hope to kind of grow into as I continue in my life is my mother is one of the most patient people I have ever met in my entire life. Um, and I am kind of the opposite. So she's always been the yin and yang for me of, you know, whenever I've been spiraling and, you know, being a crazy toddler doing tantrums and, you know teenager years and everything. My mom was just always really patient in letting me like figure out my journey and listening to me. Um, and that's just something I hope that when I have my own family one day that I can be half as patient as my mother. Um, yeah, I would say that's, that's definitely the one trait. I think if I had to pick out of everything, that would be number one. What about you? Well, that's a good one. And may we all embody Marianne when we need our patients the most. So let's reflect on that. Um, my, my mother's name is Rita. I tell a lot of stories about Rita she um, and there's a lot I could share about <laughs> her that makes her wonderful, but if I, I might have to say two things. And if you want to add something on for Marianne, yeah, like I love you, mom. That. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a good one. Um, Rita just is very warm, very nurturing. It's like, it's just her nature to be that way. People are kind of drawn to her. People tell them their stories. Like she's just one of those beings that kind of attracts people. And I think people can just tell she's a safe space. And I love that about her. And the other thing I love about her is she is always rooting for the underdog. And I think we just need more people like that in this world. She, you know, she always can spot that or that's who she's rooting for. And I think that's just a really, um, it's a good trait to have in this world. Yeah. Well, Lens, I feel like you embody both of those yourself. So I feel like you're carrying on those traits. Oh, I love hearing that. When you said ray of sunshine, I was like, oh, yeah. Sometimes. You might be that as well. <laughs> no, really. I mean, I find you to be just a joy to work with. And like I said, I was so excited to be paired up with you today. And you, I just, I smile when I see your face. So I, I think you've got a little Marianne in you as well. Thank you. Can only hope. Yes. Okay. Well, let's get down to business, as they say. First, 
I think we should talk about the fact that any one of the 11 women at Hodges could take this topic and do an amazing job with this. We all have our own experiences. We're all in different journeys. Some of us um, are on the, the beginning of our careers and some of us are, you know, 10, 15 years into our career. So I, I know in full confidence, any one of those of our 11 coworkers could do an amazing job. So I, I gotta, I gotta give a shout out to them. Absolutely. And hearing that lens, I'm curious, you know, you and I are in very different stages of our life and our career. Um, but I think we both remember the beginning of it very well. Um, so I was just curious, um, you know, were there women along the way that helped you get to where you are today in your career? That's a good starting question. And yes, um, first of all, Richmond has an amazing PR community in general. Um, but I happened to find a few women in those early years that really helped give me a boost. And one of them is Sarah Hunt, which um, she's very well known in the um, in the PRSA world. She's kind of um, done. She's just been with the group for a really long time, but she was actually my first manager. So she was someone who kind of showed me the ropes and got me interested in PR and PRSA. And I started really as a wallflower, like 24 years old at those meetings, almost afraid to speak up. And if you flash forward 15 years, I was president in 2021. So it's kind of cool, especially when I look at it from, in, from that lens. Um, and it was Sarah who connected me to uh, what was CRT Tanaka. It's today, it's Padilla. And she ushered me along in that journey, really encouraged me to apply, um, really, um, I mean, I was having an amazing time working with Sarah, but she really wanted and encouraged me to continue on my career and move to CRT Tanaka. And that's where I met Natalie Smith. And um, Natalie has just made an incredible impact on my life and my career. So I, when I think of the women who helped me in those early years, it's, it's, without a doubt, Sarah and Natalie. I love to hear that. I love those stories of us just supporting each other and helping each other along the journey. I know. I know. It's it's amazing who you meet along the way and really, and really inspire you. What about you? This is going to sound super cheesy, but one of my people, um, one of the women that's helped me along in my career was Lindsay. You were my first, or one of my, not my first professor, you were one of my professors. And you were somebody that I just really looked up to. And I immediately was like, I want to be Lindsay when I graduate. Like, this is who I want to be. And you contacted me about a job position that you thought that I would be a good fit for. And I applied and um, it was at Golden Word, which is a media relations firm here in Richmond. And, you know, that really started my career off on a big positive note. I, um, you know, I really got sunk my teeth into the media relations world. And while I was there, I stayed in contact with Lindsay. We would get coffee all the time and just, you know, talk about my career and where I was going. And I just always heard about Hodges and thought, you know, this is, I think, the next step of where I want to go. And I just waited for an opening. And um, yeah, and now I get to sit here and be on a podcast with you and, you know, client meetings. And it's just fun how that's come full circle. Um, but also while I was at Golden Word, I met one of my dearest friends in the entire world, um, Lizzie Reed. 
Um, and she's just been the person that, you know, if I'm ever having a day where I'm frustrated or, you know, don't know what I'm doing, she's just the person I feel like I can always go to and we just go, we support each other and we just understand each other. Um, Cause you know, I, you want to be able to vent about some things to your friends sometimes, but they just don't understand if they're not in the PR world, what you're even talking about. So um, it's always been great to have that support system. I, I couldn't agree more. Where would we be without our girlfriends in general? But to have PR girlfriends, it's and they they know the ins and outs. Yeah. Um, they are invaluable, and I have to give a shout out to Shana McGank um, if we're if we're going down that route because you know she's my she's my rock when it comes to my PR girls. So, um, but I mean to go back to what you said, Julia, you were an amazing student. Honestly, again, ray of sunshine. I mean it when I say that. So you are embodying Marianne because mm -hmm. you sat in that class and I just knew you were going places and you grew up to be Julia and you're charting your own path and doing amazing things and media and influencers and writing and strategy. And it's just been so cool to watch that. So it's really kind of you to say that. Um, and it's really special to know you can leave a mark on someone, but it's been amazing from this end, watching you grow into who you are. So thank you, Lens. <laughs> oh, well. Fast forward to now. We work with so many smart women at Hodges. We have incredible clients who are women that are really inspiring, so many partners. And I know we are like-minded, um, you and I and, and, and those people I just mentioned, when it comes to lifting up other women. But what are some ways specifically that you try to do just that in your career and with the women you're working with? Yeah, I think the biggest one that I always try to do is to share credit and recognize the accomplishments of my fellow, you know, the women at Hodges and even my clients um, that are women. I just always try to, you know, if they're doing something cool on a project or if they led something, I really want to make sure that they're the person speaking about it and getting that recognition. Because um, I think sometimes, you know, we could be in a meeting and just kind of go through what our updates are. But I think giving people that opportunity to really have the, sh the spotlight shown on them is crucial um, for women being, you know, heard and seen. Um, and I love at Hodges, we do a weekly email that goes out celebrating all of the amazing things that each of us are doing at Hodges, because sometimes when you're on different accounts. You're not necessarily hearing what everybody else is doing on accounts that you're not on. So it's a great opportunity for us to, you know, share credit, share those accomplishments and really um, be a sounding board for each other. Yeah. And, you know, as the person who sends out that weekly email and I kind of collect from everyone, it is like we're we're living that goal because I see so many women sending in recognition for other women and it's really just heartwarming and it it you know, as we're all kind of trying to do our best to lift up each other. Absolutely. Another way that we really like to show support with each other at Hodges is um, just straight up asking our fellow women at Hodges how they're doing and how we can support them. Um, and I think that's crucial for making sure that we're not just kind of floating through the days and thinking that we know what each other are thinking and just really making sure that we're being um, heard and seen. Yes. Like, I love how you put that straight up asking people because I mean, what could be more direct? What could be a more, a faster way to that support that maybe this person needs than just straight up asking, how can I help you? I love that. And I love that focus on directness and really don't, don't mind read, just, 
just ask. Exactly. I think um, a cool tip we learned, which I, you know, we'll have, you know, I feel like with this conversation, we can be big picture and we can get straight down to like some nitty gritty tips and tricks. But someone taught us at the starting at the start of the pandemic, you know, if you're running a virtual meeting, especially if you're that lead, in that lead role facilitating, watching who's coming on and off of mute, sometimes it's hard to get a word in edgewise in, in a regular meeting. And maybe even a virtual meeting makes that harder. So being mindful of looking at who's coming on and off mute and making sure that the women in your meeting are getting a chance to chime in and share their insights. And, you know, you can just say like, hey, Julia, I see you're I see you're coming off mute. Did you have something to share? And just making sure that there is that we're making space, especially when you're in that facilitator role and you can have con- that control. I thought that was so helpful. And, you know, here we are three years later doing just that. So um, that's that was a tip I found really helpful. I know. I think um, I love that we're constantly just encouraging each other to speak up and to share our thoughts and ideas. Um, speaking of which, when we, when Lindsay and I were trying to figure out what we were going to talk about on the podcast, we decided to ask some of the fellow women at Hodges for some ideas about what we could possibly cover. And a topic that came up over and over again was just that they would love to hear some tips and advice for women in the workplace. Um, so let's do just that and share some tips that Lindsay and I have kind of picked up on over the years. And, um, yeah, all thoughts are our own. Yes. Please, please feel free to add to these in the comments um, and reach out to us. Um, I think the biggest piece of advice that I would give pretty much anybody, but especially women in the workplace, is to be yourself. Um, that's something that I personally have struggled with. When I first started out, I was just constantly afraid of messing up all the time. And so I would be silent and not say anything because I was more concerned about what if I said the wrong thing and that wasn't really being myself. And I've learned over the years that when I actually am authentically me, I feel like I've accomplished more. I am able to fully share my thoughts and ideas and things have gone better for me than just kind of, you know, shrinking and feeling like I can't be who I am. That is the perfect tip to start with because I think it really it's the main point probably to convey is to be yourself at work. Um, I love that so much. I'll add maybe advocating for yourself. Absolutely. For the good work that you're doing, making sure that is known as you're, as you're bringing along those women you're working with, you know, be mindful also advocating for yourself. If you're ready to take on another project or you're ready for that next step in your career, let that be known. Speak up, find the process or the path forward you know, identify that and let it be known if you're ready for another project, if you're ready to take on more work, if you're ready to manage someone, if you want to take on that challenge, you know, wh- whatever it might be, advocate for yourself, you know, make sure your accomplishments are known um, as you're bringing along the fellow women on your team, you know, you're also bringing along yourself and just, you know, speak up for what you want and, you know, directly ask for it. Absolutely. And kind of going off of that, another tip is finding somebody, whether that's a coworker or, you know, just anybody in your close circle of like helping to find a champion to speak up for you, to help you build your confidence. Um, I think it's crucial in helping each other continue along the way. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. 
I agree with that. I know that's what Natalie and Sarah did for me. I try to do that for people at Hodges or what other agencies I've been at over the years, you know, just being that voice and finding that champion is so, so crucially important. This next tip is really tactical, but if you hear it once, you will start implementing it right away and we'll call it stop apologizing. But really you, I want to see people saying sorry a lot less in their day. So if you feel, if you see yourself typing it, you know, really really think about if that's the right word you should be saying. Maybe instead of sorry for the delay, think about thank you for your patience. You know, we don't need to apologize constantly. We don't need to respond to an email immediately. And if it's not immediate, it's been a couple hours apologizing that it's late. That's not necessary. That's not necessary. So really just kind of being very cautious and mindful of your of that word. I am one of the biggest offenders of saying sorry. And it's been something that I have had to try to rethink, especially, this is another tip, but I especially rethinking how I'm writing certain things. I feel like I always want to apologize or, you know, just following up here, you know, just, uh, you know, you are following up. You don't need to say it to somebody. So it's just rethinking how you're wording things and not feeling like you're constantly having to like protect people's feelings because nobody's feeling insulted by your email most most of the time (laughs) I mean I'll write out an entire email and then I start at the very top again and I go through and I am deleting the word just I'm deleting the word sorry I Mm -hmm. I don't need to be softening this I'm following up on something you committed to that's okay it's okay to be direct about that um and just keeping that in mind you know trying not goes back to like not overthinking or mind reading we don't know someone's going to be upset that we're following up or, or anything, or that this email came in too late or too soon or, or whatever it is. So it's just, you know, try not to overthink it. Try not to mind read, you know, that can really trip you up in your work. And it's so important because, you know, we're not the only people saying this, this needs to be surround sounded in the way that it is, because it's a, it's a real thing amongst women. And, you know, we want to be seen, you know, or we've been conditioned to want to be seen as soft and, and all of those um and all of those things but really you know it it's it's something that I'm really liking to see more attention brought to because it's something that definitely needs to go away absolutely and kind of thinking off of that I know that I get so self-conscious that I'm using exclamation points in my emails even if it's one I'm like is somebody going to take this wrong like is it too too sunshiny does that make me look like weak And I've just started to realize I need to be myself and I like to be a positive, excited person about the work that I'm doing. So if I have an exclamation point in my email, obviously not every single sentence, but if you want them to be there, that's your style, be yourself. But I think just, (laughs) just, you know, not feeling like I need to dull myself to kind of go along with the status quo of like what should be a woman in business. Yes. I love that. I, man, this really opens up like a whole other topic of just how we should act and all of that, you know, that when we throw in power dynamics, but I heard someone on a podcast talking about how a little part of you dies when you laugh at a man's joke in a meeting or at work that isn't funny, but you find yourself doing it because of the power dynamic. And it doesn't need to probably just be, um, narrowed down to just men, it could just be the power dynamic, but you know, just be yourself. And I think it's like why we said it has to be the first thing we say, because it kind of all rolls back up to that, 
you know, if it's if you want to have an exclamation point or a fun closing or on your emails or whatever, or your email signature to have colors on it, like you do you. And I think that's that's so important. So and and I think, like you said, that exclamation point kind of reflects your excitement for your role, for the job, for the project. So, you know, you do you. Exactly. And now to go back to a little, it's off topic a little bit, but I have to tell everyone, especially I I help with a lot of the hiring at Hodges and I try to be really mindful of this. I just want to tell women to apply for the job. And I mean that because there's data that supports that women won't, they will self-select out of the job if there's like one or two tasks or responsibilities that maybe they don't feel 100% confident about. And while men, I mean, there's data, it says men are still more likely to apply for a job that they're only 60% qualified for. Which we see all the time. It's We do. <laughs> and it's we funny see it all the time. Because most things, most, are teachable in a job. So if you have those soft skills, apply. You can learn almost anything. And if you are right for the job in so many other aspects, like why not apply nobody's perfect. Totally. And we really try to put language in there at the end of our job descriptions of like, does this look interesting? Feel like you can do most of this. Curious to learn more. Please apply. Like we're doing whatever we can to just try to level that playing field. And we want to hear from more women. So um, it's just something that really, I feel really passionate about it because it's just, it's shocking. Um, That data is just shocking. And I know we're running out of time, but I have to ask one, I have to offer one other opinion that might be frowned upon, but is it fair to say we should embrace imposter syndrome? Or how do you feel about imposter syndrome as a whole? And how do you feel about the idea of embracing it? I think... Maybe explain why. No, I, I think you should definitely embrace it in the sense of everybody feels it. <laughs> and as I said earlier, it's like nobody's perfect. Everybody's learning along the way. You might have some skills that you are building towards like, you know, it's just, everything's just a constant journey. Um, And you'll think back in a few years and be like, oh my gosh, I've really grown so much, but I feel like we're constantly so much in the moment and seeing everybody around ourselves that we can compare to. And we don't really think all the time of how far we've actually come. I know the other day, Lindsay, (laughs) we had, I had seen somebody that was younger than me, like that had accomplished so much. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I haven't even done all of anything like that. And Lindsay was like, it's a moment of imposter syndrome, Jules. Like you're doing great. (laughs) Think of where you've come from. (laughs) It's so true. It's so true. I think it keeps us fresh. I think it makes it, it's human. It keeps us striving. Mm -hmm. Like I don't know if there's ever going to be a time in my career, in anyone's career, where imposter syndrome doesn't find its way in. Maybe it maybe it lessens, but I almost feel like it should almost always be there to keep you on your toes, to keep you learning, to keep you stretching. Um, and I mean, I guess you know, as uncomfortable as it is, it sometimes I think I I think it's fair to say I maybe never want it to go away. Absolutely, um, it, it can be a little quieter. It can be a little quieter <laughs> some days, but you know. For the most part, I think keeping it there is something to embrace. And I yeah. I hope that's not a hot take. Um, I haven't, you know, like I said, it could be controversial, but I'm going to, I see the benefits of it. So be curious to know others' thoughts on it. I know it's a topic we're always talking about. So what do you think? Do you think we 
answered and covered everything? Yeah, I think so. Although I'd love to. So we've talked about advice that we would give to fellow women in the business place. But what's one piece of bad advice that you've heard in the past that you would not want to keep perpetuating? I am so glad you asked this question because we had talked about, um, you know, there's there's bad advice out there. And I when I was researching for this podcast, you know, I was trying to just take in you know, what the different perspectives are. And I came across a tip that I was, I'll say flabbergasted because the tip was, it said, don't take it personal. And I was like, interesting. I wonder what this means. Like maybe this is about feedback, which I can, there's a case to be made to not take feedback too personally. But the writer actually said, if you hear something condescending or humiliating don't take it personally. Have a thick skin. And I I was just like, this can't be. How do I rip this page out of the internet? Like, this is a t- that's a terrible tip. So to that, I say, no. Let's go back to that number one tip. Be yourself. If something is said that doesn't feel right, if something is said that made you uncomfortable or someone on your team uncomfortable or was just downright wrong, it needs to be addressed. Like, Sure, there are things you cannot take personally, but when it comes down to if someone's humiliated or it's condescending, no, it needs to be called out. And there is a tactful, professional way to approach those situations. I really believe that. Absolutely. And it goes back to truly every single tip that we've, or it goes against every single tip that we've given. Like it's not advocating for yourself and speaking up in those moments. And that's what keeps perpetuating all of the different dynamics felt in the workplace between men and women. Yeah, I'm so glad you asked that because it also goes back to laughing at a joke you don't find funny, which that is like against my DNA and my core. And we joked about this, like, I don't know, it's from the North. Maybe that's why I don't know. I wasn't raised with that sweet Southern charm, but like, no, I, I can't laugh at jokes that aren't funny and I'm not going to let someone say something inappropriate, like, and let it slide. Absolutely. As you shouldn't. <laughs> okay. Question for you though. What do we do? We live, we're in an agency world. We work with clients. Put you on the spot. But what do we do if that person's a client? This is where it gets a little bit tricky. Um, I mean, I always am a proponent of if you feel like it could be bad in the moment, taking a breath to maybe formulate what you want to say, how you want to convey it, maybe speak with HR or a coworker mm-hmm. that you really trust and feel like could give you great advice or even just, you know, speak. I would sometimes I would be like I might need to go to John and Josh about this because if mm-hmm. it's super bad, then we shouldn't be having that type of business, you know, if somebody says something so horrible. Um, but I think, you know, there's a way to handle it cuz it's obviously a different dynamic of that we're being paid to, to, you know, to do certain things for the client. Um, but yeah, I don't think we should let them get away with it because it'll just keep happening in the world if, if nobody says anything. Yeah, totally agree. I think there, I think we don't give people enough credit, give feedback, just like we said, just like give that feedback to that professional. And I'm sure that person can handle that. Um, you know, I have a lot of faith in people in when it comes to feedback that, you know, it's a gift and share that. And we'll take that with them and we'll go our and we'll and we'll keep, you know, working towards the goals we were working towards. It doesn't need to be this big, huge, scary thing. Let's just address it. Move on. So um, 
I totally agree. I definitely agree with that. I'm so glad we got to that because I think that's so important. But this could be like a monthly series. I mean, I women, that topic, I know. it's so broad. So broad. So just, broad. You and I could probably talk about this for hours, but I do feel like we should probably start wrapping it up. But um, I would love to end on a positive note of thinking of some of the traits of this next generation that will help women advance more in the workplace. I think there's so much exciting or so many exciting things on the horizon for women. And I think the next generation obviously is going to be a big part of that. Um, but yeah, I'd love to hear from you, Lens. You might add some. <laughs> I love that. Um, great closing thought. When I think of Gen Z that's coming up, I think of those first two points we talked about. I think they are really going to master being yourself at work and advocating for yourself. And I couldn't be more excited and more proud to see that infiltrating the workplace. What about you? Absolutely. I feel like Gen Z seems to not really care about societal norms as much, which I think is amazing. <laughs> and all of these societal norms are just things that have been so constructed and just, you know, perpetuated through every generation. And I just see them, you know, not afraid to speak out for, you know, other people, for their opinions and to try new ideas, to share new things. I just think it's very exciting to see all that's to come. I love that. I love that so much. What a what an important point to add. What a great note to end on. I just want to thank all the women in my life and our lives that have shaped us, you know, all the hard work they've put in to give us these this great life. And um I say we come back on this topic next year and see see how we're feeling then. Just kind of compare notes from 2023 to 2024. What do you say? Yes. And thank you, Rita and Marianne, for listening. Oh, Rita, Marianne, we love you. All right. Okay. I'll talk to you later, Jules. Bye. Bye. Bye.